0: Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this third Sunday after Epiphany, the 21st of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 20, Psalm 13, Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20, Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 21, and paragraphs 1 through 16 of part 4 of the Large Catechism. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 20th Psalm. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary, and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings, and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire, and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the King. May he answer us when we call. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 13th Psalm. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul, and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son. And to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Joel, and we will be reading the first chapter, verses 1 through 20. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders. Give ear all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days, or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children to another generation. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, And wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are lion's teeth, and it has fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vine, and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off their bark, and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. Lament, like a virgin wearing sackcloth, for the bridegroom of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn, the ministers of the Lord. The fields are destroyed, the ground mourns, because the grain is destroyed, the wine dries up, the oil languishes. Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil, wail, O vinedressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine dries up, the fig tree languishes, Pomegranate, palm, and apple, all the trees of the field are dried up, and gladness dries up from the children of man. Put on sackcloth and lament, O priests. Wail, O ministers of the altar. Go in, pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God, because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction from the Almighty it comes. Is not the food cut off before our eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clods, the storehouses are desolate, the granaries are torn down, because the grain has dried up. How the beasts groan, the herds of cattle are perplexed, because there is no pasture for them, even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field pant for you, because the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Romans, and we will be reading the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 21. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or Who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 4, Paragraphs 1-16. through 16. Part 4 Baptism We have now finished the three chief parts of common Christian doctrine. Besides these, we have yet to speak of our two sacraments instituted by Christ. Every Christian also ought to have at least an ordinary, brief instruction about the sacraments, because without them He cannot be a Christian. Unfortunately, up to now, no instruction about them has been given. But in the first place, we take up baptism, by which we are first received into the Christian church. However, in order that baptism may be easily understood, we will present it in an orderly manner. We present only what is necessary for us to know. We will leave to the learned the topic of how baptism is to be maintained and defended against heretics and sects. In the first place, we must above all things know well the words on which baptism is founded. Everything refers to these words that must be said on the subject. The Lord Christ says in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Likewise in St. Mark sixteen sixteen, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned. In the first place, you must note in these words that here stand God's commandment and institution. Let us not doubt that baptism is divine. It is not made up or invented by people. For as surely as I can say, no one has spun the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer out of his head. They are revealed and given by God himself. So also I can boast that baptism is no human plaything but it is instituted by God himself. Furthermore, baptism is most solemnly and strictly commanded, so that we must be baptized or we cannot be saved. I note this lest anyone regard baptism as a silly matter, like putting on a new red coat, for it is of the greatest importance that we value baptism as excellent, glorious, and exalted. We contend and fight for baptism chiefly because the world is now so full of sects arguing that baptism is an outward thing and that outward things are of no benefit. But let baptism be a thoroughly outward thing. Here stand God's word and command, which institute, establish, and confirm baptism. What God institutes and commands cannot be an empty thing. It must be a most precious thing, even though it looked like it had less value than a straw. Up to now, People could consider something great when the Pope, with his letters and bulls, gave away indulgences and confirmed altars and churches, solely because of the letters and seals. So we ought to value baptism much more highly and more precious, because God has commanded it. Besides, it is done in his name. For these are the words, Go, baptize. However, do not baptize in your name, but in God's name. To be baptized in God's name is to be baptized not by men, but by God himself. Therefore, although it is performed by human hands, it is still truly God's own work. From this fact, everyone may readily conclude that baptism is a far higher work than any work performed by a man or a saint. For what work can we do that is greater than God's work? But here the devil is busy to fool us with false appearances and lead us away from God's work to our own works for there is a much more splendid show when a Carthusian does many great and difficult works we all think much more of the things that we do and merit ourselves but the scriptures teach this even though we collect in one pile the works of all the monks however splendidly they may shine they would not be as noble and good as if God should pick up a single straw why because the person is nobler and better here then We must not judge the person according to the works, but the works according to the person, from whom they must get their nobility. But our insane reason will not consider this, because baptism does not shine like the works that we do. It is valued as nothing. From this now learn a proper understanding of the subject and how to answer the question of what baptism is. It is not mere ordinary water, but water comprehended in God's word and commanded and sanctified by them, so it is nothing other than a divine water. Not that the water in itself is nobler than other water, but that God's word and command are added to it. It is pure wickedness and blasphemy of the devil when our new spirits mock baptism, leaving God's word and institution out of it. They look at baptism in no other way than as water that is taken from the well. Then they blather and say, How does a handful of water help the soul? Yes, my friend, Who does not know that water is water, if tearing things apart is what we are after? But how dare you interfere with God's order? How dare you tear away the most precious treasure with which God is connected and enclosed, baptism, and that he will not allow to be separated? For the kernel in the water is God's word, or command in God's name. His name is a treasure greater and nobler than heaven and earth. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whatever calling has been given you or tasks set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.